Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. Hey, this week is Mother's Day, and I want to share a message with you that I hope is encouraging. Regardless of whether you're a mother or not, uh, the principles uh, that we're going to talk about as we explore what a godly mother looks like, these principles apply to all of us in some respect. So uh, whether you are thinking about your mom this weekend or uh, whether you are a mother, a business owner, a leader, a father, um, I want you to lean into the principles that we're going to share today as we look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and consider what does a godly mother look like. I hope this is helpful. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Today is Mother's Day, and uh, today I wanted to share uh, some thoughts with you uh, about motherhood. And of course, when we come to days like Mother's Day and Father's Day, uh, you know, the, the Bible actually, you, you may not know this, but the Bible actually doesn't say that we should celebrate Mother's Day, you know, one day a year, get mom some flowers and tell her she's special. One day a year, celebrate dads. Uh, the Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us uh, to do that at all. Uh, however, uh, what the Bible actually does say in the book of Exodus and Ephesians chapter 6 is that we're to honor our father and our Mother. So technically speaking, from a Christian, from a biblical worldview, every day is Mother's Day. Every day is Father's Day. And so I don't know, I don't know your story. I don't know your background. I know that days like Mother's Day and Father's Day can be difficult. Um, I know for me, this Mother's Day, I'm not able to be with uh, my mother because of COVID regulations. And maybe some of you, um, you are not able to be with your mothers because they're no longer with us, or perhaps you didn't have a great mother. So there's all these tensions that arise on these special days that are Mother's Day and Father's Day. So what we want to do today is consider what a godly mother looks like. You know, what does a godly mother look like? Because when it comes to just general mothers, you know, I'm probably not the most qualified person to speak on this subject. Uh, I have never been a mother. I have no intentions of becoming one. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, so, you know, I don't know what mothers think. I don't necessarily know the tensions that mothers feel. And typically on, on days like Mother's Day, um, there's so much conversation about the things that moms say. And I think moms uh, sometimes surprise themselves with the things that come out of their mouth, you know. Uh, and they turn to their kids and say, no, we are not there yet. Hey, uh, how did that get on the ceiling? Or stop screaming diarrhea, poopy pants, we're in public. So moms say all these things that just innately come out of their mouths as they're raising children. And moms do certain things. I know for me as a kid, um, my mom did the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry. You know, and my dad did the yard work and changed the oil on the car. So there are these sort of stereotypical pink and blue roles that often come up on Mother's Day. But but again, those are stereotypes and not every mother likes, uh, you know, needlepoint. Some moms like race cars and and doing mechanical things. So so their moms are as diverse as the children that they raise. And so today, I don't want to talk about what moms say or what moms do or here's how a mom should look, but I do want to consider what a godly mother looks like. And, and what I mean by that is what are the qualities of a godly mother? What are the character traits? What are the things that make a mother, not just a good mother, because I believe you can be a good mom, you can care for your kids, protect them, provide them with opportunities. That's what good moms do, right? They nurture their children to become who they're supposed to be. So you can be a really good mom. But there's another level that we're calling a godly mother. And a godly mother is often a good mother who includes God in the process. Okay, and that's what I want to talk. I think I think I am qualified to talk about what a godly mother looks like. And there are two reasons for that. Number one, 
As a pastor, I spend, spend a lot of time studying the Bible asking what does a godly life look like? What does a Christian or a Christ-like life look like? And so we can apply those, those things to godly mothers, of course. The second reason why I think uh, I'm qualified to speak on this subject, godly mother, is uh, because I have the immense um, blessing of being raised by not only a good mother, but a godly mother. From the, from the youngest age, I can remember my mom uh, teaching me about God and, and loving God herself. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, my mom uh, called me on the phone and she was upset. I could hear it in her voice. And I was like, Mom, what's bothering you? And she's like, oh, I have this friend. And, and I was trying to, 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 to take her to this group where she would hear about Jesus and be able to make a commitment to Jesus the way I have. And, and the opportunity passed by. She was mad about it because it was something that's so important. And as she shared her story and her frustration about this, it, it dawned on me that my passion for God actually came in part from my mom and from my dad. You know, uh, when, when families in our church want to dedicate their kids to the Lord, and what that looks like, a dedication ceremony, is, is simply parents with their kids or their kid saying, hey, we want to raise this child in the way of the Lord, and we want our community of faith to know about it, and we want your prayer, love, and support in this process. right? And one thing I always tell parents is that the best thing you can do for your children is to love the Lord your God with your heart. Like, your passion for God will actually do more for your kids than all the other stuff that you could do. Like you can drag them to church, you can send them to youth group, you can make them read devotions, and I encourage you to do those things. But your passion and love for God is what will rub off. You know, more is caught than taught. Good parents understand that. More is caught. So if you prioritize your love for, if you are a godly mother, then your kids will learn to love and honor God. All right? Uh, you know, my kids, they don't eat seafood. All right? That Not at all. No seafood, no sushi. And the reason why they don't is because uh, their mother and their father do not like seafood. We, we don't eat it. We don't buy it. We haven't exposed our children to it. So guess what? They're not passionate about seafood. Uh, if they were in a different environment, um, their love for seafood, I'm sure, would emerge. And, and so in the same way, the things that we love and value in our homes will be the things that grow and the things that our kids will be attracted to. So I, I, am, I am so fortunate and blessed, as I said, to have had a mother who... who who loves the Lord, and she's still in my life. Secondly, um, for the last nearly 22 years, um, I've been married uh, to my wife, Jessica, and I uh, sort of inherited uh, a mother-in-law who is not only a wonderful person, but who is a godly woman. And so I've got like two godly mothers who are praying for me. So like, I, even if I try to mess up my life, uh, who knows? And uh, then on top of that, I have this incredible wife that I married. And, and 22 years ago in September, we got married and she was my bride. She's my partner in life. But then when our first child was born um, over 18 years ago, I, I saw a, a switch get flipped in her. And I saw her become a mother. And, and over the last 18 and a half years, I've watched her develop and grow, not only as a good mother, but as a godly mom. And so I've been surrounded by godly mothers we have the scriptures in front of us. And so today, I want us to talk about the qualities of a godly mother. The text we're going to look at today is actually, um, it's found in Luke chapter 1. And, and this text that we're going to share with you is actually usually preached at Christmas. And when we when we read this text, we're often focused on Jesus and his birth because it's Christmas time. But today, I want to look at this text and I want to focus on Mary as a mother. So a little image. Here's here's a you know an artist's rendering of Mary holding baby Jesus. And of course, I don't know what Mary looked like, but but often when we read this text, we focus on Jesus and and his coming and, and his birth, and that's amazing. But today I want us to consider Mary 
and we're going to hear God's words coming to her through the angel Gabriel. And these words are powerful and they're prophetic. And the angel is going to tell Mary, like, essentially, you are going to become the, the physical mother of the eternal Savior. This is this is incredible news. And, and, and so we know that this was a, a promise and, and, and words that were specific for Mary. Okay, you and I are not going to give birth to the Son of God. That's that's happened, right? So so these words are not for us specifically, but I, I believe that the principles and the way that God speaks and moves in Mary's life is actually very applicable to us. And I hope that it will encourage mothers everywhere as we look at them. So before we stop on the verse that I really wanted to show you, I'm just going to read from Luke chapter 1 for you. And uh, this will just set things up for us. Beginning in verse 26 of chapter 1, it says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, there she is, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. She's not yet married, but she's engaged um, to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was, was Mary. And he came to her and said, this is really important, listen to this, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. That's the first thing the angel says. He continues, she was greatly troubled at the saying, as, as you or I might be if an angel showed up and said that you're favored. Uh, she was greatly troubled and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, and this is what I want us to take a look at today. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. There are three qualities of a godly mom that I want to share with you today. And the first centers around this word of favor, and it's this, that godly mothers know that they are favored. Now, it's going to take a bit of time to really break this down and help you understand. Godly mothers understand that they are favored. And what that means is when God was up in heaven and he decided to enter into human history, he scanned all of his creation. And, of course, he knows the hearts and thoughts of every man, woman, child. And he looked upon Mary and he said to Mary, you are the one I've chosen to give birth to Jesus. You are the one. You have the qualities, the gift sets, the ability that you need to to be a mother to Jesus. This is incredible. So we think, wow, Mary's amazing. So we want to put Mary on a, on a, on a pedestal. And of course, we ought to honor her, the mother of Jesus. But there's nothing in scripture that indicates that Mary was perfect or holy, that she was on the level of Jesus. I mean, if she was, we wouldn't have needed Jesus, right? So she was a human like you and me. She had weaknesses and, and she failed at times and she struggled with, with all the things that we do. But God shows her in spite of those things. And he said, you are favored. You are the one. The angel says these things. He says, listen, you're favored. God is with you. And she's kind of concerned. And so then he repeats and he's like, guess what? Not only are you favored, not only is God with you, but don't be afraid because God is with you and you are favored. These are the words of the angel. Now, here's what I want you to understand. The angel gives her this, this statement. You are favored. God is with you. Don't be afraid. Before she finds out she's going to be a mom, before she's pregnant, before she wipes the little tush, before she feeds the baby, before she does any of the things that a mother does, before she becomes a mom, she is already favored. And I just, I think that every single mother listening to me today needs to understand that you, first and foremost, are favored of God, that you are called and chosen for the role that you are in, that God is with you. And so you have to understand that Mary was favored before she was a mother, and so were you. And, and so in this way, godly mothers know that they are favored. And the reason why this is so important is because, look, 
If you, if you try to do something as catastrophic as being a great mom and a godly mom without knowing that you are favored by God, without knowing first that God has smiled upon you, uh, you are going to be tempted to give up. You're going to be tempted to back off. You're going to be tempted to lose heart. I guarantee. And so in this sense, uh, not only does this apply to moms, but it applies to everyone. And I just here's this statement. Everything you do begins and ends with God's favor upon you. What we're talking about here is we're talking about identity. You knowing that God has chosen you for the role that you're in, that God has given you the gifts, the skills, the abilities to do exactly what you have called to do. And in that position, God comes alongside and his presence is with you. Now, I don't know what thoughts go through a mother's head. You know, I don't know what struggles they struggle with. But I can tell you this, as a father and as a husband, there's these words that come into my mind that say, hey, Nathan, uh, you you are not qualified to be a husband to that amazing woman. You know, you married out of your class. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Hey, you are not qualified to be a father to these four children that have been placed in your care. And I think, yeah, that's that's probably true. And, and then I hear this voice saying, hey, you are messing up your kids. You stood up on the stage and told the congregation that you lead. You said, hey, guys, we need to be we need to be long suffering and patient and kind and, and not lose our cool. And then you you got mad and yelled at your kids. In fact, you're probably destroying your kids right now. They look fine, but eventually all this damage is going to surface and you're to blame. Maybe I'm the only person that has thoughts like this. Uh, but as a father, I think about these things and I hear these voices. And, I, and, and in those moments when I recognize that I'm imperfect, I'm not perfect, but I am chosen. I'm not perfect, but I am favored. And I understand that God has called me to, to the role as father, as leader, as husband. And, and, and regardless of the ways that I fall short and I'm in, inadequate, I go, wait a second, I'm favored. And you and I need to remember that we are favored by God, that we were chosen and placed in this position. You know, one of the really incredible things is uh, Jesus, you know, when he begins his ministry, he goes down to the River Jordan and John the baptizer is there and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus steps into the water and, and John baptizes him. And when Jesus emerges from the water, a voice comes out of heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And something that's always struck me about that passage is this, that before Jesus did any miracles, before he preached the Sermon on the Mount, before he died and rose again, before he did all of these incredible things that he's known for, he knew he was already loved he knew he was called. He knew who he was. And everything that Jesus did came out of this, this knowledge of God's favor upon him, God's blessing and calling upon him. And here's the thing, mothers, I can speak to fathers too. I can speak to students, but let me, let me talk to the moms. You begin your journey as a mother and all the way through based on God's favor and, and choosing of you. That, that's where it all begins. And if you don't know that, you're going to be tempted. Uh, you know, if you don't know that God smiles upon you, then you're going to be looking around saying, who will smile at me, right? Oh, that handsome guy smiled at me. That's what got you in trouble, all right? Or, or maybe you're looking around and you're going, oh, my friends, these other moms in the church, I, I want them to smile. I want them to think I'm amazing. So you're, you're scrolling through your social media feeds and you're going, oh, wow, their house is Pinterest worthy. Oh, look at that. Their kids, look at that veggie tray that mom is serving up her kids. My kids are eating craft dinner. I'm no good. And so we're comparing ourselves with others and we're looking for other people to affirm us in our role. But man, there's something powerful about knowing that God has placed you where you are. God looked down from heaven and said, you're the right person to be that mother, that mentor, that grandmother, that aunt, that leader. 
God has called you and placed you there. He has smiled upon you. What does it matter? I mean, if you're looking to your children, if you want your children to smile at you and go, you're the best, that might happen a few times a year. And then there may be other moments where you look into their eyes and it's terrifying, right? That's why the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid because she's about to become a parent, all right? And so here's the thing. I want to move on, but before I do, just to say this. Even before you became a mother, before you became a leader, God's favor was upon you. He chose you for the role. And it's that identity that that you would fall back on. Mary must have have fallen back on that identity so many times when, when when she gave birth to and was raising the Son of God. I mean, how much pressure is that? She must have had to remind herself regularly that, oh, God chose me for this, so therefore he'll help me and this will work. So I wanted to remind you of that and really just ask this question, where does your affirmation come from? I mean, where does it come from? I I hope your affirmation as a mom is that God has smiled upon you. The fact that you're a mother, a leader, a mother-in-law, a stepmom is because God has specifically chosen you for that role. And he believes you can do it. And with his strength, you will do it. So this is encouraging, I hope, uh, for you. So let's continue. In the next verse, in verse 31, he says this, and behold, you will conceive in your womb. This is incredible. Mary is going to conceive. She's going to grow a human being, an eternal person within her body, and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Okay, so Mary's going to conceive a son. Next verse. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. This is going to be the Son of God. This is no ordinary kid, right? And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, which means he's going to be the promised Messiah, the one the Jews have been waiting for. The next verse says, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. He's not just going to be a king. Can you imagine knowing your kid's going to be king, but not just a king, the king of kings, the eternal king. Like this is mind-blowing. Most of us as parents, when we step into this role as parent, you know, foster parent, adopted parent, we have this little child, this little person that we're raising, but we have no idea where they're going to end up, right? Like you don't know, and it's probably better that we don't know. Like you don't know whether your child... This kid that you're raising is going to be the next prime minister, whether they're going to create some medicine that saves millions of lives or whether they're going to be in your basement till they're 30 playing video games. We don't know, and it's probably better that we don't, right? So we have this this gift given to us, and that's really the, the second point I wanted to bring up is this, that a godly mother accepts her role as a steward, as a steward. Now, I know the word steward is not a word we use in our culture. It's kind of a Bible word. And if I was talking to a bunch of Christians and I said, hey, next Sunday I'm going to teach on stewardship, most of you would be thinking dollars. You'd be thinking money. He's going to preach about money because we often say that we are stewards of God's money. So a steward is someone who manages that which belongs to someone else. It's not mine. I'm managing it for someone. And so we think about money that way. But in in actual fact, the Bible teaches that as parents, as a mom, we're actually stewards. As a mom, we, we are given this gift from God, which is a child or children. And, and we understand that they're not technically ours. Like, I mean, it's, it's your child. It's your baby. They'll always be your, your boy, your girl. But, but this child that is given to you is actually a gift from God. And this is a, an eternal individual. And just like you, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for this child's life. And, and that's something separate from you. And so understanding this is that God has placed a child in your care that you are to manage that. And, and resource it well, and then release the child back to God. And, and I think a lot of parents understand that someday, maybe when they're 18, maybe when they're 20 or 25, that you fully release your child out into the world to become all that they're supposed to be. But in actual fact, 
A godly mother understands that each and every day she must release her child to God. That there is a fine line, right, between controlling your child and and, and offering your child back to God. There's a fine line between steering and, and, and shaping and helping to mold the child versus like chiseling away who they are and trying to make them into your image. So we understand that this child is a gift from God and that we have a role. Can you imagine Mary, you know, trying to raise Jesus thinking, man, I am inadequate to do this. This is the son of God. And yet she had to care for him, love him, train him, teach him to walk, read, write, all of these incredible things. Mary understood that she was a steward, that one day Jesus would go on with the plan that God had for him. I was thinking about this one story uh, that turns up in uh, Jesus's life. It's found um, in in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And let me set it up. Uh, Mary and Joseph head to Jerusalem uh, on their way back, they're in a big caravan with, with family and friends. And, you know, they assume Jesus was with uncle so-and-so. And, and so they're not really worried about it until they, they start looking for him and they realize he's nowhere to be found. And so they search the caravan. He's not there. They go back to Jerusalem. They're searching the city. Imagine what Mary must have felt like. God entrusted her with his own son and she lost him. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's something to think about. Anyways, so uh, her and Joseph are searching everywhere. They finally find him in the temple. And, and here's what happens. They, they come to Jesus and they're like, hey, how could you have done this to us? And Jesus said to them, imagine this, 12 years old. Mary must have thought, oh yeah, someday he'll step into his ministry and calling and he'll leave home and he'll be on his own and I'll have to release him to God. But at 12 years old, he says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Imagine what Joseph and Mary thought. Imagine how that knife, right? What that must have felt like to hear your kid be like, oh yeah, I know you guys love me. I know you have a plan for me, but I have a, a father in heaven who has a plan and I'm, I'm, I'm starting in that direction already. It's terrifying. And it says they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. One of the most difficult things of being a parent is that we don't always understand or know God's plan for our kids. But there's something powerful uh, about understanding that we are stewards, that we have a role to play, that we're responsible, but that we also daily, yearly, continue to release the child back to God, knowing that God has a plan and purpose for each of our kids that sometimes we don't even understand. I hope this is helpful for you. I know for me, it's it's encouraging to be reminded that uh, not everything is on my shoulders, that I'm actually partnering with God in my parenting and in the ra- raising of our of our children. Here's, here's the last uh, thing as we continue with the story, the last sort of quality of a a godly mother. It's actually found here in the, in the, uh, on this point here. Godly mothers depend upon God's strength and provision. I mean, I haven't been a mother, uh, but I'm, I know that motherhood is not easy. Uh, I know that when your two-year-old's in their shopping cart screaming at you in the store, um, it feels horrible. When you have to take away your 16-year-old's iPhone and they're screaming at you, it's, it's terrible. Uh, when you um, watch your adult children make decisions that you know will harm them. I mean, it is so hard. It's so difficult to watch these things. But a godly mother, and this is the key of a godly mother, depends upon God's strength and provision. How could anyone do the role of mother? Uh, only through the strength that God provides. And, and Mary literally turns to the angel and says, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm blessed. That's great. I'm favored. And uh, I understand I'm going to be pregnant and I'm going to give birth to this son of God. But how? How will this happen? How will I be able to do this? Because I'm just Mary. And many moms must be asking themselves, how am I going to do what I need to do? I'm just, and you could just say your name. 
through the strength that God provides. Here's what the angel replies to Mary. The angel answered her in verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Someone needs to hear this today. That no matter where you're at, no matter where your, your battery is at and you're at the end of your rope, it is the Holy Spirit and the power of God that gives you the strength to be the person you need to be, the mother you need to be, the wife, the husband, the business leader. Man, we're in difficult times, and at no other time in history, at least in my life, have we needed to depend more upon the Holy Spirit. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough in church. We talk about God out there and Jesus' word over here. You know, we got we got his word. But if you are a follower of Jesus, he promises that his Holy Spirit would come in, live with us, and help us, and strengthen us, and empower us, not just to do miracles and all those things that people often talk about, but to live the life that God has called us to live, to be the mother and the father God has called us to be, to be the friend, to be the leader, to produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And here's incredible, uh, Mary's final words as she hears this, Uh, He says, therefore, the child will be called holy, the son of God. Next verse. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. See, a godly mother isn't just a great mother who does whatever a great mother is supposed to do. A godly mother is someone who depends completely upon God, who is humble, who is connected to her heavenly father. And I just want to remind you of these last three things as we close. A godly mother knows that she is favored. Your identity, you are a daughter of God. You were favored before you became a mom. And if you're longing to be a mom, you need to know that you're favored now. And God's blessing and presence are with you. Godly mothers begin with God's favor. Secondly, godly mothers all right, are stewards. They understand that everything that they have, everything that's placed in their hands belongs to God and they're releasing it back to him and trusting him with it. It's a partnership with God. And lastly, godly mothers depend upon God's strength in the most difficult times, through the ups and downs. They're leaning upon God for the strength that he provides. No one can be a godly mother like Mary, unless God is with them and his spirit is moving in your life. So I hope this is encouraging to you. I guess what I wanted to do today was just to remind every mother out there, I want to remind you that God has chosen you for the job that you are in. God has called you, God equips you, and God strengthens you. And uh, because you are partnered with God, uh, you can and will be a godly mother. So if you would, let me, let's me let pray together. And I uh, just want to encourage you with that and pray together for all the moms, all the mothers-to-be, all the mentors, all the, the, the women who invest in the next generation uh, together. Father, thank you for this day and for this opportunity. We thank you especially for the example of Mary, her humility, her understanding that, that it is God who chose her for her role. That, that she was favored before she did anything. And that's because of God's favor that she could step into her role as mother. I thank you um, that uh, as we look at Mary's example, we are reminded that we are to be equipped and strengthened through your spirit. And God, I know that there are uh, so many people uh, out listening to me today who are at the end of their rope. And I pray that we would be encouraged to be reminded that we are favored that our identity comes before our performance and that out of that favored and out of that love that you have for us, we would then live out our lives as mothers, fathers, husbands, friends, and leaders. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, I hope this message was helpful for you. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, you can follow us uh, on YouTube, Pathway Church PTBO, or you can find us on uh, the internet, pathwaylife.com. You can give, you can follow our ministry, support us and connect with us. We'd love to find out how uh, the ministry of Pathway Church is impacting your life. So until next time, have a fantastic week.